Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to From the Newsroom. The It's been pretty weekly podcast now that we're figuring out this whole work from home craziness. I am joined by our current business reporter, Kate Carlson. How you doing, Kate? Hello. I'm doing good. How are you handling this whole working from home fiasco? Um, it's not the easiest. Um, I've definitely uh, struggled with it some, but I've gotten a little more used to it for sure. Yeah, I mean... For me, it's weird just because we're used to seeing each other every day, and then yeah, now it's I'm at home with my cats. But um, so the so the theme of the podcast recently has been a different people kind of doing their recaps of some of the, like their greatest hits, and we started off with our digital re- editor and our editor in chief since they've kind of been in the business longer than most of our staff, and then we had. Audra and Carolyn and now we have Kate and the thing that's interesting about Audra and Carolyn and then Kate and I is just we have not been in the business very long like how long have you been like a professional journalist well I I worked at my college newspaper um every year when I went to Central Michigan University and uh since I graduated in the summer of 2017 I've been um working at local newspapers as a reporter. So you were at Midland before this and then the right. Sentinel. Yeah. And I also did a internship at the Grand Rapids Press as well as an internship during college at the San Antonio Express News. But yeah, um, since I graduated in 2017, I've had full-time jobs at the Midland Daily News and then the Holland Sentinel. And you recently told the staff that you are starting a new venture here soon. Yes, I will. Um, I've had a great time reporting for about the last year and a half at the Holland Sentinel. I've gotten to know um, the city of Holland and the Lakeshore really well. I've learned so much writing, um, writing about everything going on. But yeah, I have accepted a new position at my biz in Grand Rapids. So my last day at the Sentinel will be um, next week. We are all going to miss you. It's just, it's going to be weird. Like we've had such a, and it's such a weird time that we don't get to, we normally at the Sentinel, we usually kind of make a big deal of somebody leaving. Like our managing editor who loves to bake will always make treats and it's always sad to see them go. So it's different in this ever kind of changing time that we don't get to make the same like pomp and circumstance that we normally get to do, but we're going to miss you. It's going to be sad. Yeah. I'm sad to leave, especially in this kind of difficult time for local papers, but I'm very excited about this new opportunity too. So it's good and bad. Um, but yeah. And you'll be covering kind of the same kind of beat that you've been covering for the last couple of years, which is kind of like business and 
definitely okay. similar, some similar stuff. Yeah. Um, I think I'll be focusing mostly on real estate and obviously business news at my biz. That's their main focus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have been mostly a business reporter at the Holland Sentinel, although I did. Um, and I, yeah, I still kind of dip into local government. Um, mm-hmm. That kind of is very involved with local business and development. So that just kind of naturally made sense. And being the business reporter at the Sentinel right now is, or for the last couple of years has been like, cause for me, I've been at the Sentinel now for just over two years and downtown looks drastically different, especially our block of eighth street. Um, for, for listeners who don't know, we are located right in downtown Holland across from the police station, right near the civic center. And that block of eighth street looks so different compared to when I started. Yeah, it was such an exciting time to, um, like, I know that that 8th Street development has been going on for a lot longer than when I've been at the Sentinel, but most of those biggest new businesses, a part of that development, did open up um, kind of right around when I started about a year and a half ago. So it was a really cool time to come in um, and take over that uh, business reporting position it was a really cool time for that. Everyone loves to read new business stories. That's always a really fun story to write, too. Mm-hmm. So um, what have been some of the uh, biggest stories? So um, you are gonna just going to kind of hit on some of the big stories that you've gotten to cover. I know I have the one story, and I don't know if this is in your top three, mm-hmm. but the big story that obviously comes to my head is... Um, everything that's kind of been going on with Crapecraft right now. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, I still get emails from some people that have known the, um, who would have been the owner of Crapecraft, which was supposed to open up in downtown Holland, um, kind of asking where the whereabouts of him are. I I, I unfortunately do not know. Um, It's something that I'm sure the paper we're going to keep an eye on if we hear anything. But apparently I've heard uh, kind of anecdotally just through some emails that I've received that um, he has kind of tried to start the same businesses in other areas of the country before and kind of um, split on his lease, which is what happened in Holland. Oh, wow. I hadn't heard that piece of information. So, So, yeah, so that is supposed to be a little... um, a really cute little crepe restaurant that was supposed to open right downtown in Holland as a part of the 8th Street development, um, which unfortunately fell through. And uh, most of his business partners don't seem to know where he is. So yeah, that is no longer opening. And I have not heard if there's been a new tenant for that um, that storefront yet or not. I, I assume that they will eventually find one. It's kind of a d- difficult time for that. But um yeah, I'm sure we'll see something new there soon. I know, like, all of us in the newsroom were excited about that because it's something different, and yeah, I, it, it I love crepes, so. I thought. Um, but yeah, I'm sure we'll see something new there, something cool in the future. Just don't know what that is yet. Alrighty, so what were some of your favorite stories you've gotten to cover at either the Sentinel or at Midland? Um, so, yeah, we've talked a little bit about <laughs> <laughs> a business reporter but the stories that I picked mostly are featurey or mm-hmm. um, kind of yeah not really business related um, yeah. but one of my favorite things was covering the um, Trump protest in Grand Rapids um, 
yeah, that was really exciting. Um, when was that exactly? It was on March 28th last year. So in 2019, mm-hmm. um, even though it happened in Grand Rapids, uh, obviously that's a pretty big event when mm-hmm. the president of the U.S. you know comes to the area, even though it wasn't exactly in Holland. So I, I was able to cover that at the time. Um, it was kind of lucky for me. I li- I do live in Grand Rapids. And it took place at the Van Andel Arena was actually where the protest um, was taking place. And it was right around the corner from my apartment. Mm -hmm. That was uh, really convenient for me. I just kind of walked over there. I spent all day outside uh, just talking to so many different people waiting in line um, and some protesters as well at the event. And yeah, it was just really interesting hearing people's um, opinions on why they were there. There was most of the people I talked to, I talked to maybe like 50 people that day in line. Most of them were from out of state or, um, yeah, not from West Michigan at mm-hmm. the very, so that, I thought that was interesting too. Um, yeah, and was, yeah and, it was a crazy day. And then, um, kind of going off of that, you and I got to cover the, um, VP protest, the Pence oh, protest yeah. here in Holland. Yeah, um, that was kind of odd because it was like less of a public thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we did have a reporter inside the venue. Yes, that did our uh, government reporter Arpan Lobo, and then Brian reporter was and and our photographer. Yeah, were actually inside and did see pens, but it was much of a smaller, a much smaller event. But there were a lot of protesters outside, and that did take place in Holland. So yeah, that was kind of the same thing a similar thing just on like a slightly smaller scale i had never covered anything like that before and it was interesting for me because of the location of where the protest was it was on like four you had protesters on like four separate street corners and then Mm -hmm. when it got to the point where pence was actually in the vicinity you had secret service like we could not take a step into the street or they were like yelling at us and i had never experienced something like that yeah, it's interesting because um, you really try to, I mean, I, I try to tweet stuff out, photos, snippets of quotes that I hear throughout the entire day, um, you know, from the people who are there for the actual event. Uh, so typically supporters of the presidential administration, but also protesters. So it's a, it's a kind of a great moment to just get a slice of two usually at least two very different sides of um locally what people think about the administration it's always interesting to cover those events yeah it like i had like i said i had never covered something like that before so it was very eye-opening to me so yeah definitely but it made it made for good photos and good art and it was just and only thing that would have made it better is I wish it was a lot warmer because it was really, really cold. <laughs> I can't remember when it was, but it was so cold. And I yeah. had, I did not wear gloves. And when you're holding a metal camera, it does not end well <laughs> for my fingers. <laughs> All right. So what's your next favorite? Um, Another event that I, it was kind of a spectacle in Holland. Um, it drew a lot of attention was the highly anticipated drag brunch that took place last oh, summer. Yes. Uh, the, actual, the actual drag brunch event 
was held on July 28th uh, last summer, so in 2019, at the Civic Center. I was actually the one that photographed that. Yes. So. Yeah, Cassie were. I did not cover the actual event, which I was sad about. I was busy that weekend, but I wrote, I think, like, four or five mm-hmm. stories leading up to it, um, which I did not expect to do. I started off by writing, it might have even been a staff report or just a shorter preview story that the event was happening, because... Um, this event before it usually takes place around the Grand, Ap- Grand Rapids area. A lot of my friends had been to it. Um, you know, it's just a fun uh, tr- sort of drag show that also takes place over brunch with a lot of um, people's local favorite queens in West Michigan. So I had just heard about the event before. I knew that these events are usually usually sell out pretty fast. So I kind of just pitched the idea to, hey, I'm going to write a quick preview about this because I don't think we've seen this in Holland before. And it ended up getting of um, opinions from the community. It was covered by our local radio station, uh, WHTC, um, where they had the mayor on uh, when they heard about the event. And she was made it pretty clear, or the former mayor, Nancy DeBoer, I should say, not our current mayor. No, um, so he was there, but he was only running for mayor at the time. Yes, yeah. This The big story at the time yes. was that the, the mayor went on the ra- local radio station and publicly voiced her disapproval of the event. Um, so when, you know, when someone in the city voices a strong opinion like that about something, it, it is pretty newsworthy, especially since it was happening at the Civic Center right downtown. So mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of people had opinions about that. We got a ton of people supporting the event, including the current mayor, Nathan Box. I think he attended, yes. there was two brunches that day. He went to both, I believe, at least one. I'm not positive. But, I know um, he was at the first one. I um, didn't stay for the second one, but... But yeah, it looked it looked cool. I saw the photos. Um, I I actually went to one around Christmas that was in Grand Rapids uh, with some of my friends. It's a pretty popular thing um, in West Michigan. So yeah, a lot of people had strong feelings about it in Holland, but they have been back too. Mm-hmm. I think Drag Brunch went to Boatworks at yes. least one other time since the first show. So and it's sold out um, like most of the events too for them. So yeah, I think it was pretty successful to, despite a lot of people um, not supporting it in Holland. There was still a lot of people that went and enjoyed it. But it was just interesting to see. Um, obviously the <laughs> the political parts of that event uh, kind of voiced throughout the community. So yeah, it was very, it was really interesting to see the public reaction because there had not really, I haven't personally seen like a lot of things that had that big of a reaction we were i know our digital director had to be really careful with like our facebook comments yeah. and twit and you were getting tons of emails and calls about it, it was at the time. Really, yeah i expected there to be some people complaining about the event and some kind of response but i had no idea when i wrote the first preview story that people would care that much about this event but they really did either one way or another um and obviously well maybe not obviously to some people but um drag queens are uh very closely tied to the lgbtq community Mm -hmm. Uh, most of most drag queens are in that community so 
Um, a lot of people's complaints about the event coming to the Civic Center were related to that too, which I think is important to note. And also another reason why it was newsworthy and we covered it. Now, remind, like, were they scheduled to come back to the Civic Center again? Did I, am I remembering that correct? So I don't remember off the top of my head, but I think they were, yes. I thought that like, I thought that that had been mentioned at one point. Yes, they had a smaller show scheduled in a different room in the Civic Center that was a little smaller. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that was, I remember um, I covered that with our intern, Avery, at the time, and it was interesting seeing, like, because Kate obviously knows Avery, and just seeing him in that situation, it was interesting. It was just, it was an overall interesting, just... It would vent because I had never been to anything like that, and I don't think he had either. So, <laughs> but we got to go backstage and like talk to some of the people in the show, and um, the show was entertaining because they actually um, shouted out the Sentinel and said that they were um, really oh, wow. excited about the- yeah they were excited about the coverage that we had given them, and then they made some digs at some officials in the area. <laughs> it was it was an interesting. Oh my gosh, um, it was so interesting. Yeah, so that was, you know, whenever the community cares that strongly, again, like, for or against anything happening like that, um, yeah, it's it's interesting to cover. You have to make sure you're doing it correctly, carefully. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a very interesting summer. <laughs> it was fun to cover. So what's your next top hits? Yeah, there's, I'm sure I'm forgetting a lot of, uh, you know, bigger, big story, not bigger stories, but like, you know, bigger business stories or development stories. But um, I also really like kind of featurey stuff, mm-hmm. which is what I did with, um, I, I wrote kind of a feature on the Centennial Inn, the bed and breakfast in downtown Holland mm-hmm. uh, in September, um, which was really fun. There's um, an older uh couple from Netherlands that live there. It's this really historic old bed and breakfast right downtown Holland. Um, And yeah, I got to like walk through all of the rooms um, with one of the owners. So yeah, it was really just fun to hear about their story. And then, you know, take a look inside of this little piece of the Netherlands, really, that is kind of just like uprooted and then brought to Holland, Michigan. It was really fun to just talk to them in their in their home because they do live in part of that building, too. Mm-hmm. And then, um, kind of see this little historic preservation of, mm-hmm. of um, where they're from. So that was that was really cool. I really liked that doing that story. And then I know something you covered cover a lot here in Holland is um I don't know why this came to mind but just like I don't think I've ever seen a city with so many hotels opening and then (laughs) just like and now obviously with everything going on and hotels are still opening so Mm -hmm. maybe how has how has being a business reporter in COVID kind of been because businesses are closing and opening and changing how they're operating and yeah I'm glad you brought that up that's something I wanted to touch on um for the last I don't know since around March yeah we've been working this is the eighth week we've been remote at least so yeah that's really 
we we knew about a lot of people knew about coronavirus a lot earlier than that but mm-hmm. a lot of like state shutdowns started happening case counts started mm-hmm. being publicized and getting higher and we knew this was going to be a big problem around march and that's mm-hmm. when most people started working from home like our newsroom and uh the holland sentinel and local papers around the country have been really everyone's writing about the coronavirus in some way or another just because that's the main news out there it really is related to almost every single story everyone writes every day um and it's obviously it's drastically changed like pretty much everyone's life too mm-hmm. so it's it's interesting being a reporter right now in general being a business reporter has been really interesting um i'm used to working in the office and if a source doesn't call me back or i can't get a hold of someone i'm used to just being able to drive to their business and if i can't talk to who i want to at least i can drop in um do some observational journalism look around for myself that kind of thing which is harder to do now and yeah that's not really happening anymore mostly everything's happening over the phone mm-hmm. over webinars over zoom so that's been a big challenge for me mm-hmm. and it's been hard because it's been so hard on businesses that's never fun to write about a business mm-hmm. failing obviously i'm uh reporting as as objectively as i can when the story calls for it that kind of thing but you want you're rooting for your local community obviously um no one's rooting ag- against businesses so it is sad reporting some of those stories for sure um so that's been you know just checking in with local businesses as much as i can um has been something i've really focused on obviously as a lot of them try to weather this um hard economic storm mm-hmm. we're going through and then holland has so many um big manufacturers too yeah. so that's been a big part of reporting on the supply chain and how their operations have really changed and a lot of them have been at least partially making a lot of ppe a lot of masks i'm writing a ton about that all the time um so that's been really heartening to see too there are some some bright spots for sure but yeah it's a it's an interesting time yeah i've gotten to enjoy seeing the positive stories that have come out of this since like recently I did a story about um a mother-daughter duo making masks called um masks made with love and they're just the sweetest um pair and they've made donations to Holland Hospital and the Postal Service and things like that and it's just it is sweet to, to see the positive that is coming out of this Mm -hmm. and people who are willing to like help out local businesses like I know um I'm in Grand Haven but I try to kind of I've actually been eating out more than I normally would because I am trying to kind of support local businesses Mm -hmm. um our quantities our options kind of got limited when certain businesses decided to close until to help them remain stable but we try to eat out as much as we can as a way to support businesses that way. Yeah, there has been a movement for that. I know there's like Takeout Tuesdays and then a lot of our local um, like retailers in downtown, like boutiques and little shops all around the lakeshore 
have been, it's really pushed them to get websites and so people can still support. So there are a lot of people trying to support local businesses right now. Um, even though many of us are out of work, um, the people that do still have jobs are, I've seen like a movement towards people doing that. So that's been, that's been cool to see. And I'm interested to see how businesses will change kind of as, as the economy starts to really open up, I'm sure we're going to hang on to some of these safety practices, um, like social distancing, maybe some employees are still going to be wearing masks, um, definitely publicizing like sanitation practices, that kind of things. So I think that's something we'll definitely see some things stick around, I'm sure. So I'm interested to see the long term effects of that, too. Yeah, we're, I think we're definitely in for this for the long haul. This is yes. a lot of changes. Like, this isn't going to go away quickly. Like, this is going to be something that kind of sticks around for a while. And I, like you said, I will be interested to see how downtown businesses respond because just in, like, the 8th, 9th Street, 7th Street area, there's been a lot of new businesses opening mm-hmm. just before all of this hit. And a lot of people who have had openings delayed and people who are still trying to open during this and it's going to be interesting to see how that economy shapes out definitely yeah and i know there's going to be some businesses that will close for good which Mm -hmm. is very sad to see um but yeah there's still some that are able to adapt um change their business procedures and hopefully as many that can will come out on the other side of this so we'll be reporting on that too And you mentioned it earlier, but have you seen that while this has been a very kind of like heartbreaking and crazy time for people, it has kind of pushed them to maybe implement some changes that they, that might help them post coronavirus. Cause like you said, like them making websites and have you seen that a lot from businesses? Yeah. And kind of a different sort of business, uh, less less of a business is I did do a, a little story about mental health and therapy mm-hmm. and how um, insurance companies are starting to accept online therapy through like video chat mm-hmm. or telehealth as like a viable option that they are more and more accepting of. So, um, and, and some therapists I talked to said that, you know, they've had some patients before that have uh, physical disabilities. So, and that was never something that was really accepted and covered by their insurance, but it's helping, you know, it's helping people like that too um, during this time. So we're hoping, they they were hoping some of those um, like video conference things stuck around to make, make things more accessible for everyone for the long term. For sure. And then something that just came to mind, um, have you had any, like, really impactful stories that you think will kind of, like, stick with you now that you're kind of going, I don't know if my biz is more, if it's going to be more kind of, like, long-term projects or if it's going to be similar to kind of what you're doing here on a daily, but um, is there, have there been any big stories at either of your previous papers that are going to stick with you and that, or, or things you'll learn that you'll take into your new position? Definitely. Um, I think affordable housing, just reporting on that. And that's like another thing that's kind of like, um, it's kind of like the coronavirus in a way, just as a topic that you're reporting on. 
uh, affordable housing affects like most, if not all other beats, other things that we cover at the paper. It's related to almost everything. Um, yeah, so th- that's something that I know I'll, as long as I'm a journalist, I'll still be reporting on an issue like affordable housing that affects so many people, um, whether it's, you know, people who are having trouble affording their rent or to buy a house or the, or an actual developer who um, is, you know, working to help tenants be able to afford that or, mm-hmm. you know, so that's, that's something that I know um, is an issue that I'll always be reporting on, but it was highly covered in Holland by me and some of my colleagues. Yeah, it's something that we always kind of, has always been talked about in our newsroom because something that I don't know if a lot of people know is that while we all work in Holland, very few of us actually live in Holland and like, because Mm -hmm. it's just, it's so expensive. Yeah. um, And I live in like a slightly more expensive part of Grand Rapids um, and I am paying a decent amount of rent because I wanted to live alone, but I know that I could live here probably a lot cheaper than Holland if I was willing to get a roommate, that kind of thing. And, you know, I might need to do that at some point in my life again, if, um, you know, my situation changes or whatever. So yeah, it's always something that I'm thinking about. And a lot of people who work at the paper have to consider yeah, because, like, I'm in Grand Haven, and that's still not a cheap area to live in, but it's one of the more affordable where I don't have an hour-long commute. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys have a much longer commute than I do, and I don't know yeah. how you do it, especially in the winter. Well, I won't be doing it anymore pretty soon. <laughs> Lucky you. <sighs> I will say, something I've enjoyed about this working from home is um, I wake up about 10 minutes before I log into work, and it's really <laughs> nice. <laughs> possible to do in a pinch (laughs) um so yeah do you have any other big stories you that you've covered i there are a ton more stories that i really enjoyed covering in holland um those are just the ones that kind of stuck out in my head today but um yeah i've had a great time reporting on holland and the lakeshore and working in this newsroom with you guys. So um, I will definitely miss that. I know I'll be covering Holland in some capacity mm-hmm. at MyBiz. So I look forward to still doing that. I will still be around. And I'm happy that you at least got to experience one real tulip time. Yeah, I had a lot of fun covering tulip time too. I know that um, a lot of reporters, that's, you know, that's hard week. We're always busy, there's a ton of stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess, yeah, last summer when I got to cover tulip time, it was just so fun to see um, so many people come to the city. Um, I really enjoyed, like, taking photos during one of the parades, doing some features. Yeah, it's really fun to see the city really come alive like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad I got to do that, too. I was excited for Tulip Time this year because I was going to be able to cover it in a different way than I have the last two years. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a designer on the desk, on our design desk for the last two years, so experience, So I got to experience Tulip Time in that way, but this year I've transitioned into more of a reporter, photographer, videographer kind of role, and so it would have been interesting to see it from that angle, but we'll see what happens next year. 
world's always well, changing. Go take some photos of the tulips still, yeah. even though there's no festival. Yeah, they did. If for people, I know Nathan Box did say don't come to Holland, but if you were in Holland and want to just take a walk around downtown, it is still full of tulips. I was driving there through there yesterday when I was in the office, and downtown is really pretty right now. They still try mm-hmm. to. There are a lot of windows that say like, as long as there's tulips, we have hope, and um. Just people still trying to kind of have the um, feel of tulip time, even if we're not having the classic parades and all of that. Though I do miss my elephant ear, I'm not going to lie. I think you can still get them. Yeah, I'm not waiting three hours in line for an elephant ear. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I like elephant ears, but I I can live. My cholesterol can probably live without them for a year. Uh, so if you don't have anything else, I think we can kind of wrap it up. But yeah, we're going to miss you. It's going to be when we go back to the newsroom that like, yeah, when we go back to the newsroom, it's going to be weird because you'll be gone and Lori will be gone. Yeah, I don't know when that will be. So oh, yeah, you're going to have to go in. Well, you'll have to go in at some point. You got to get your stuff. Yeah, your desk I'm going to and... go in soon just to make sure I have everything. And your poor, poor plant. Yeah. But thanks, thanks, Cassie, for of a little indulge and talk about some of the stuff I've worked on uh, this past year. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think I always kind of liked your beat. You get to kind of cover really cool stories, and I view it as like you get to tell people's stories when they're accomplishing a really big goal. And yeah, I think that's kind I mean, of a unique. Are also, the opposite of that too. But I, like, yeah, that too. Yeah. <laughs> I like the new business stories. Those are always fun and people, those are highly read. People always want to know what's going on. So yeah, I've had a lot of fun doing that. Yeah. And you've brought some like businesses that we may not have known of to the newsroom. The one that comes to my head, of course, is Boba House when you covered them and did the story on them. And now our newsroom is addicted. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm missing my Boba tea so much. Yeah. That was fun. Talk to them. Yeah. But no, it was good talking to you, Kate. Um, next week, we're going to try and um, actually, it's going to be me again, um, joined by my former boss, uh, Rich Lakebird. And we're going to talk about kind of the design and how we handled being on the design desk for a couple of years and um, how we approach news differently and kind of describe some of our favorite stuff we've gotten to design over the careers him and I have had. So I'm hoping people will find that interesting. I mean, I always enjoyed building fronts and stories for you guys because you guys work so hard on your stories and then being able to present them in a way that will hopefully make the public excited about them too was always fun definitely yeah well thanks again Cassie of course have a good day Kate and um, see you guys next week Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.